Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. It's a hazy Saturday, or Saturday. It's a hazy Monday morning here in the Circle <laughs> City. I'm used to hosting Saturday night on the Circle. Cut me a break. E- Ethan's lost a couple days here. <laughs> I love it when Casey says the gang's all back together. That must mean we're the gang. Yes, but this is not Kendall and Casey. This is Hatcher and Klopfenstein. Uh, Ethan and Brad filling in. Happy to be here. Um, now, not so happy that we got to end the, or start the segment on a bit of a downer. I'm sure by now everybody's heard of the mass shooting possibly the greatest in baltimore not the great greatest i should say the the uh, most significant uh, mass shooting event in baltimore history Uh, although they've only been keeping track since 2014 but there were uh, let's see at least two dead and 28 injured uh, in this mass shooting event at a block party uh, that happened at about 12 53 in the morning on sunday yeah, it's Baltimore has its problems and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Um, although Baltimore's problems are not totally dissimilar from the problems Chicago's having, the Indianapolis is having. Yeah. Um, this is kind of happening around the country and they, they seem to follow a, a theme. Now, this block party, was this a, an officially organized block party or I'm just kind sure. of an unofficial? I think it was neighborhood neighborhood block party. So, yeah. you know, quasi official, you know, okay. not the city, but probably a local community organizing their own event. And what's really tragic about this is of the half uh, of the 28 that were injured half of them were under 18 yeah. so it's a lot of kids that were getting involved in well this. and it's typically kids i mean even when indianapolis had our when we had our problems 10 years ago during summer celebration it was the kids the kids were the problem and so you get large groups of unsupervised kids together late at night and problems occur uh you mentioned that baltimore is experiencing the same problems that chicago's experiencing that new york is experiencing that indianapolis is experiencing and that's what i was going to mention because in many ways the city of baltimore is like the ghost of Christmas yet to come for the city of Indianapolis. It's showing us the future that may yet be. They're experiencing, uh, I believe, for the eighth year in a row, more than 300 homicides a year. And we're not quite there yet, you know, but we're working our way up. And we have multiple years where we've had the three-digit homicides, and it's not coming back down, no matter what Hogsnot likes to tout. Yeah, well, it it's... This happened in Detroit. It's happening in Baltimore, where you get flight out of the city. The The suburbs of Baltimore and Washington, D.C. are very affluent, safe, nice places to live. Um, it's easy if people have alternatives and can move out of the city because then they... they think they don't have to deal with the problems and indianapolis kind of has that where a lot of our population is moving to greenwood fishers noblesville carmel zionsville and they're like oh yeah indianapolis has got problems they need to fix it the problem is the people who are most capable of fixing it have moved away. Well, you've also got a lot of antipathy from inner city residents towards the suburbs, and we'll cover that later in the show. Comments that were made by, I believe, a Wisconsin state senator, Latoya Johnson. So stay tuned for that later on Kendall and Casey. But uh, but but yeah, it, it, it's just a mess, and it kind of depresses me. I don't have a lot to say about this because it seems like America has just contented itself to accept the uh, state of these mass shootings. You know, it's just something that happens 
happens here. It's not even, you know, a, a, a national news event, I, I, I think, at this point. It's just like, ah, well, only two people died, you know. Most people were injured. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, only two died. 30 were shot. Yeah, you know, only two died. I get it. It's de- that's depressing, man. Let's it is depressing. Come on, let's talk about something let's happy. Talk about, in, well, in I'm not sure this is happy either. <laughs> that's not a good way to transition because I want to talk about uh, this tape that CNN leaked, uh, likely from the Justice Department, let's be honest here, <laughs> but a tape that is damning nonetheless of Donald Trump admitting that the classified documents in his possession were not declassified, which is something that I've contended this whole time is not a matter of whether he could declassify the documents because, Adoy, of course he could as president, but did he? Because the the possession time was after he was president. That's the time we're talking about. And if they were declassified, then correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, but wouldn't that mean they were subject to a FOIA, a Freedom of Information Act request? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It would. It would. But they're not. Ethan. Because they're not declassified. And here's the president. I'm not going to play the whole, I believe it was a two-minute clip. You've heard it before. But let's let's get to the crux of the matter where he says the documents in his possession were not declassified. This was done by the military, given to me. Uh, I think we can probably. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to try to figure out. A, a, yeah. See, as president, I could have declassified. Yeah. No, I can't. You know, but this is. Yeah, now, now we have a problem. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. I reluctantly must conclude. You're screwed. You're screwed. You're screwed. You know what, Brad? You know why they never found Jimmy Hoffa? Because nobody ever freaking talked about it! Why are you saying this out loud? Oh my God! This man frustrates me to no end. He just makes defending him so damn hard. And look, I acknowledge that there's a two-tiered system of justice. I acknowledge that if you're going to be going after Trump for this, you should definitely be going after Hillary. You should definitely be going after Joe. And to a lesser degree, you might also want to go after Mike Pence, too, among other bad actors who have mishandled classified documents. So I get that there's a two-tiered system of, of justice here. But you know what they never did? They never talked about it on tape! Breathe, Ethan. <sighs> Just breathe. 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 Donald. <laughs> and out of all this, he's going to most likely glide to an easy uh, 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 primary victory. I, I honestly think it is. And I just I don't think you could make a worse selection to head up the, the Republican Party at this time. I don't care. I know people are enamored with him. I know he has this charisma thing that goes on and people just were pulled in. It, 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 I, I'm frustrated with well, him. Rob is right. <laughs> Trump has, does not have a path to victory. And no. the Republicans are going to have to come to grips with that because <laughs> he hasn't done anything to make himself more agreeable to the general public. If anything, he's made himself more it, dislikable. And he could spin this if he just took a modicum of accountability and responsibility, but he get he really leaves no room for interpretation where he says, oh, well, I've done, you know, blanketly, no wrongdoing. I'm innocent. This is a witch hunt. And, you know, Chris Christie was right when he says it's time for him to take some responsibility. Just take some responsibility. It's what we want from the Democrats. Why can't we hold our own, uh, our, our own candidates to that standard? But a broken clock turns out is right uh, twice a day. Here's Chris Christie. I'm running. Krispy Kreme. Because he's let us down. He has let us down because he's unwilling. He's unwilling to take responsibility for any of the mistakes that were made, any, uh, any of the faults that he has, and any of the things that he's done. And that is not leadership, everybody. That is a failure of leadership. Yep. And I... 
You can boo all you want. Yeah. But here's the thing. Our faith teaches us that people have to take responsibility for what they do. Eat it, suckers. I mean, Fatty might might not be a winner, but he's right. <laughs> he's absolutely right. You might not like what he has to say, but there's not a single thing he said there that was wrong. No. And, and like I said, I because I want to highlight this. I acknowledge that there is the two-tiered system of justice, and Trump is being held to a higher standard than certainly the Biden crime family. We've got all these little indicators. The smoking gun is there. The dots are connecting. The pieces are coming together with Biden's connection to Hunter Biden's illicit business dealings. And of course, he's got his own tax fraud thing going on. Um, And you now have this IRS whistleblower, Gary Shapley, who is involved in the sportsman investigation, specifically Specifically saying, not on Fox News, not on Newsmax, not on One America, not on Citizen Free Press, not on one of these independent outlets, on CBS talking about how the Justice Department prevented him from going after now the sitting president of the United States. Shapley, who is still working for the IRS, told us that even before President Biden took office, he was directed to avoid leads involving Hunter's father. There were certain investigative steps that we weren't allowed to take that could have led us to President Biden. And you wanted to take him? We needed to take them. And you weren't allowed to take them. That's correct. But you know who wasn't talking about their misdeeds on tape? Who's Not, that? Joe Biden. Hunter Biden did a different story. He was definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we know. Thank you, Hunter. But Joe, no, he at least had the intelligence not to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, Hunter tape. just said, I'm sitting with my dad, but you could never hear dad beside him. Right. So. <laughs> oh, but it, it, it's frustrating. And I feel like Trump just he, he doesn't give a lot of room for leeway. And when when you have these these kind of admissions on tape and of course, his lawyers go into bat for him. His lawyer said that the, the tape proves that he did no wrong. You know, well, see, he's admitting that he could have declassified them as, as president. So therefore he could. And he did, did it with his mind like, oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like Jim Lucas said, you know, we could have raised the blood alcohol level to point one five to where it was back in the 70s. <laughs> but I didn't. So I shouldn't be held accountable for this because I was only point oh nine. Uh, yeah. Well, sorry, Jim. I, I believe he said he was only point. What was it? Point eight or point seven? Uh, I think it, it, it was point nine seven. He came in it was officially, but uh, from from the testimony, you know, he yeah. padded the numbers a little bit. Anyway, yeah. That's that's a different issue. Oh, poor Jim Lucas. Uh, you're listening to 93 WIBC. Uh, Kendall and Casey, Ethan and Brad filling in. Uh, it's been a hell of a morning so far, and we've got a lot more conversation to come. Up next, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, haze that was hanging over Indianapolis. This is something un- unlike I've ever seen before, the Canadian wildfires. Oh, I thought it was, you were going to say the Dead & Company was in town last weekend. <laughs> well, we can get into that, too. Uh, diff- <laughs> different haze. Uh <laughs> Well, I was going to say this haze irritated your lungs, but that haze did too. <laughs> I got nothing now. You're listening to Kendall and Casey, Ethan and Brad filling in, talking Canadian wildfires up next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
Oh, Kevin. I am a for listening to Kendall and Casey. Welcome back, Indianapolis. I'm Ethan Hatcher. Uh-oh. Oh, now I'm now, Brad Cloffitt. Now it works. The first time I forgot to turn on my mic, and it was when Ethan points at me. Right. So, all right, who sang that song that was our intro? I vaguely remember that song. It's uh, Rick Derringer. Nice. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. All it, right. Classic might be a stretch, but <laughs> it's a song. It's a classic in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that uh, the the Hulksters theme? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hulk Hogan. That's How do right. I know that? I don't even watch wrestling, and I knew I that. Don't know. I don't watch much wrestling. In fact, uh, the former producer, Kyle Wells, was is kind of my uh, connection to wrestling. That and my uh, my uncle was handsome Johnny Starr, professional wrestler with Dick the Bruiser back in the day. Well, oh, now, wow. Now Kyle Wells uh, covers wrestling uh, for a living. That's a job. I, good for him. Yeah. I, there's nobody who's better cut out for that. He, deserved, he really deserved it, too. He worked hard. He did. He did. And he lives it. Well, I mean, there's no bigger fan of wrestling, certainly in the building, maybe in the state. <laughs> Even in the world. I, <laughs> I'm not sure he knows the difference between wrestling and real life, He's, so he will just let him go with it. Uh, now, we've had rain and storms the past couple days, but I actually appreciate it because it has helped scrub the skies. Last week, we had that awful wildfire from uh, Canada that rolled over and covered the city in smog. even a real country anyway the midwest had some of the worst air quality in the world and you know who didn't brad you know who didn't canada toronto they're the jerks that started all this and we had worse air quality than them we should we should explain build a wall. that yeah if trump would have built the canadian wall the wire fire smoke would have <laughs> stayed over there it's illegally immigrated into my city no i i agree with you i have never experienced anything like that in my 50 plus years of living in central indiana it was beyond fog you know because i i look i drove up through downtown just to experience it i was on the uh, 65 70 split and you could not see the skyline this is the middle of the afternoon so it's not a foggy morning it's 12 o'clock the sun is up you know high in the sky and all this smoke completely obstructed your view you could barely see the riley towers peeking out from through the smoke i took a picture of it um and it was shared by traffic director uh, matt bear on the twitter feed is it was really creepy. So I would like to learn more. Why is Canada on fire? I thought Canada usually got lots of rain oh, there's and an lush easy, and green. There's an easy answer to that because liberals are bad at forest management. Look at what they do in California. Uh, what yeah. is the deal with liberals and bad forest management? Guys, you got to take care of the undergrowth. That's what they forgot in California. Now that that state's on fire all the time, more wildfires than ever. You get Justin Trudeau in charge over there, uh, prime minister of Canada, and now Canada's on fire. Stop it, Libs. Stop it. You're, you're causing global warming with all this, all, all this fire burning, all this carbon belching into the air. It's your fault <laughs> or maybe just labats but. <laughs> <laughs> but i have no idea it's been burning for weeks i've guessed they've got hundreds going on popping up across the uh, forested areas and several you know, many of them are completely out of control at this point we just need to send our own helicopters over there we're gonna bail out ukraine let let's get some water helicopters uh fly them over there you know dump those giant bags of water on the forest are they even trying to put it out or are they just kind of letting it burn 
Apparently, I would it assume, burn since I would, it's been going on for months. I would assume they're trying to fight it. You'd think that would be the thing to do. If there's nobody that lives there, what do they care? <laughs> Apparently, it's all coming down here. But well, you're right. I, I think it was Thursday morning I woke up. I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen smog in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, we had smog. We're, we're, uh, uh, my uh, weekend producer, uh, producer Carl, he actually comes from uh, the city of Los Angeles, and he said it, it, Indianapolis was worse than anything he'd ever seen in that city. We're number one! <laughs> number one in the worst All way right. possible. Uh, you're listening to Kendall and Casey. Uh, now, the uh, race for governor, of course, is kind of a crowded field right now. We got Silent Suzanne. We got Eric Doden. We got... Uh, Several other candidates, um, but also I guess Andy Horning from Libertarian Party is throwing his hat in the ring. Uh, he's running for U.S. Senate. Oh, he's it's, running for Senate. Sorry, got that um, wrong. It's um, why am I struggling with names today? Well, it's, hey, I'm struggling with the right race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Names are a lot better. So, uh, <laughs> as I, so I searched my Rolodex of names in my head. So uh, I actually signed Eric Doden's petition to get on the ballot on Saturday morning when I was waiting to Mm -hmm. start the parade up in New Haven. Um, Indiana has some wonky election laws, and one of those wonky election laws is if you want to run statewide as a Republican or a Democrat, you have to get 500 signatures from each congressional district um, to get your name placed on the ballot. Well, you actually have to get more than 500 signatures because... Realistically, you need eight or 900 because some people don't know where they live. They're not a few properly. of those people won't be in the district. You right, got, exactly. You know, They're wrong signatures or illegible signatures. You got problems. So you got to get way more than 500 signatures. And then you also have the sticklers over here in Marion County. Now, I'm drawing a uh, name on the blank. Who'd they screw over uh, in that recent election? Rob oh. was talking about it all the time. Kevin, yeah. you rem- help me out. Are you going to bail me out or am I going to be left hanging? <laughs> uh, you might be left hanging. Ah, crap. But but it's happened because you're right because the seventh congressional district is wholly contained within Marion County. So the Marion County Election Board, if they don't certify your signatures, that means you are not on statewide. And so, yeah, it's and I guess the alternate question, because there is another option, should these uh, parties nominate their candidates at convention? and take on the cost themselves like the Libertarian Party has yes, to Yes, they should. Donald Rainwater was the name I've been searching for for the last 60 seconds. He's, he's the presumptive Libertarian nominee. He's the only one who's jumped into the race for governor. He ran uh, back in 2000 and got like 11.5%. Um, but yeah, the Libertarians seem to be able to nominate... 2000? Or not 2000. 2020. 2020. <laughs> I, oh my God. <laughs> You'd think I've been drinking this morning as bad as I've done in this show today. Um so, yes. Well, see, I said we already ran off the rails. Yeah. That, that, ha- that happened in the first hour, Actually, but, Brad. Uh, to go full circle on this, the Libertarian nominee for governor in 2000 was Andy Horning. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. There we go. Okay, okay so, so there's the connection. That's, uh, we'll, we'll just j- say that's what you were thinking of. Yeah, so, but you're right. The Libertarians have, uh, they nominate all their candidates at convention. They do not ask the taxpayers to fund any of their nominating process. That's the way it should be. Plus, the Republicans and Democrats, not all candidates have to go through the primary. They still have some, Secretary of State, that are nominated at convention anyhow. So oh, why let them, get... Why have this hybrid system? I, uh, I know 20-plus years ago, I worked in the uh, Marion County Election Board, and I helped run a primary election over there. The taxpayers of Marion County, at the time, were spending $15 for every vote cast in that primary election in order to hold that primary election. I'm sure it's 
just gone up. It also makes it extremely financially prohibitive for citizens to enter the race. It only makes it open essentially to the affluent if you want to go out because it takes a lot of framework. You're not getting the 800 signatures in every, you know, every county by yourself. No, no, no. You no. have to have a team of volunteers. Money, 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 money. And the legislature a couple years ago, because apparently this was a problem, it had been that in order to run as a Democrat or Republican, you had to have voted in that party's primary in the previous election. They changed it to where you have to have a track record. We have to have voted for the in that primary party's primary election for the last two election cycles. So effectively, if you are not a primary voter, you cannot run for office in the state of Indiana unless you're a libertarian. And that's disgusting because we need easier access for citizens to run for government, to be involved in representation, not harder, and not only an access, uh, give access to the affluent. Yeah, so... It, yeah, so many of these races now are going unopposed. You're right. We should be encouraging participation in the process. We should be seeking good candidates, good qualified people to be on the ballot. And the fact that they're trying to snuff that out um, just strikes me as not good government. Well, also anti-American, because that was the thesis of the of the founding fathers was citizen participation, self-governance, uh, re- representation. Yeah, I, I'm generally just not a fan of political parties to begin with, but yeah. Especially Indiana. Oh, that's makes, why you vote third party. Yeah, <laughs> run. Should I run for lieutenant governor? But you're right. I, it's, I, you know, where do you go if you if you don't align with the Democrats and you don't align with the Republicans? Hey, I'm right there with you, man. That's not I, not said in criticism. I'm kind of a small government kind of guy. You're kind of the same same thing. So you you default to the libertarians. Limited government. Low taxation, individual responsibility, stuff the Republican Party used to stand for but forgot about, at least. I'm kind of a keep, like most keep, people did. Keep your hands out of my pockets and your eyes out of my bedroom, and we're going to be cool. You're, lis- you're listening to 93 WIBC. I think Kurt Darling's uh, looking a little upset at us. We got to cut to a break so he can get to the award winning news. Stay tuned. Welcome back, Indianapolis. This is the Kendall and Casey show, but this is certainly not Kendall and Casey. They're out. Kendall's being a dad. Casey's just having fun. And we are happy to step in. I'm the Saturday host, Ethan Hatcher, and that is the master brewer, Brad Klopfenstein. We're hopping with the Klopfenstein. <laughs> and producer Kev is pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. Man, you always do hard work, Kev. I appreciate that. Thank you. And I liked that intro, and I liked Brad's intro, too. <laughs> I always wanted my own intro music. I didn't think it would be that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fitting. It is fitting. Hey, I do want to say congratulations to Rob Kendall yeah. and his lovely wife on the uh, birth of, I believe, daughter? I'm, I, I mean, I, I feel happy for him, but I'm a little intimidated at the thought of what a tiny little female Rob Kendall will be like right running around the world under his influence, you know? This is a scary proposition. I hope mom is the moderating influence on the <laughs> do, do you think we're going to... He's going he's gonna to come back as a kinder, gentler Rob Kindle? No. 
<laughs> who, who are we talking about here? <laughs> okay, you're but right. Con- I'm, I'm sorry. I went but, somewhere else there for a minute. But congratulations to Rob on becoming a dad. That's big news, and I know it's something that, that he's been excited for for a while now, so we're happy to have another addition to the WIBC family. It's always exciting. Oh, it is. It is. I can't wait to meet the, the young child. This segment, uh, we're talking about the future is here. We got uh, commercial space flights. Uh, we got trips to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, we got flying cars, all that. It's crazy. Now, Virgin Galactic, I know a little people, people were a little bit on edge, thought we might uh, be experiencing uh, Ocean Gate 2.0 this time in space. But fortunately, Virgin Galactic, headed up by Richard Branson, successfully completed the voyage with their passengers, uh, landing safely. Uh, now, they've sold 800 tickets for this thing um, for $450,000. So, what's your price, Ethan? How much would you pay to, to fly to the cusp of space? Uh, you know, I don't think I, I would, especially while the technology is still experimental. The the, the Ocean Gate kind of pushed put me on edge there, you know, because I, I think people are getting a little bit too hot for their britches. The technology may not be there entirely yet, and although this flight was successful, I believe they made, like, what, more than two dozen successful trips to the Titanic before it finally imploded. So let's give this equipment a little bit of time to wear. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've at least been <laughs> to give space. Me, give me some time to save up $450,000, $100,000. Mind <laughs> you, I was griping about the $30 chocolate, so it might take me a while. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You as being one of Indianapolis's finest slumlords. <laughs> <laughs> Surely you can afford this. This is petty cash. Oh, uh, no. All, all my money goes straight to the government. Property taxes, you understand. You know, when they raise it more than uh, a quarter, uh, 25%, you know, then, uh, that'll do it to you. Exactly. Well, So in, in, I'm paying for uh, Joe Hogsett and Governor uh, High Tax Holcomb. You know, maybe they can take a, a space flight on the Virgin Galactic with my tax dollars. Oh, we hadn't I'm, even planned on getting into property taxes today. However... I, we'll save that back, but that's one of Brad's hot button issues. And all things being e- yeah, uh, all things being equal, I think I would rather take a trip on a submarine than on a spaceship because you will find unfailingly far more planes at the bottom of the sea than submarines in the sky. So when things go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I had to think about that for a second. Just, like if you think about it long enough, he's right. <laughs> so I take the submarine trip all day. What about you, Kev? I would rather go into space. Would you? Yeah. I think it'd be beautiful. I'd like to experience weightlessness. Of course, this yeah. isn't true space flight either. They're going kind of really to the, to the edge, edge of space. Yeah. It's 50 miles up, which you can see the curvature of the Earth, but it's not quite the spectacular view uh, that Neil Armstrong got, where you can see the whole of the, you know, the sphere of the Earth and the atmosphere and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's you know? a good point. You're just um, scared. You've seen The Martian and... You don't want to be that guy who's just floating around space until... I don't want to be Matthew McConaughey stuck in a time loop, you know, and w- watch my kids age before my eyes. Like, no, 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 no. Pass on that. <laughs> yeah, what does he get stuck in, like, the fourth dimension or something? Something and, something like that. Yeah. Interstellar wasn't that great of a movie, but I remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like being John part. Malkovich. <laughs> now, that was a good movie. Talk about surreal. I loved that movie. That, that was a cool movie. That was a good one. Um, now, of course, last week, uh, we'll, we'll also connect the Ocean Gate because, of course, uh, they came came back with the submarine parts from those uh, five passengers. Uh, now, kind of connected with uh, 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 memory from the past. And you, you were talking about this uh, show earlier, I believe. 
just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic point aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailor man, skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour, a three-hour tour. Of course, we're talking about a different tiny vessel that set off for a three-hour tour that ended much more disastrously. Yeah, they didn't get to take all their stuff with them and have the Howl's money and <laughs> just have mad camp romps through the island. Yeah. They, so Now, I think Bravo was playing a Gilligan's Island uh, marathon this last weekend. Great series, man. Oh, great it series. was. It was. Cut down in its prime, and maybe it's better that way because we remember it at its height. It didn't have to, like, age out and become stale. It just, was, you know, three seasons of solid bangers. But the reason it got pulled off the air was because the network executive's wife wanted to save Gunsmoke. The, uh, uh, the studio was thin on money. They needed to save some cash, and they had to cut content. And instead of axing Gunsmoke, they axed Gilligan's Island. In its prime, it was a successful series. Was Gilligan's Island a Sherwood Swartz um, entity? I don't know. Um, he did lots of the, He did like the Brady Bunch and several others. Yeah, I'm not sure it's, about that. It's similar style. But truly, we are living in the age of the future because not only do they have commercial space flight, not only are they trying to get submarines going to the Titanic, but now we got flying cars too, like the Jetsons. <laughs> Man, I miss watching old cartoon reruns. That brings back so many fond memories. Boomerang. Yeah, Boomerang. Boomerang. You watched you a- Boomerang. Yep. Did you watch Boomerang, Kevin? I, I've never seen it. You've never watched Boomerang? Okay. That Kevin also didn't so. grow up with a lot of these cartoons. Kevin's so. the same. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I didn't grow up with, with these cartoons. Boomerang was Cartoon Network's bringing back the classics. Right, exactly. It's so all the so old Hanna-Barbera cartoons. That's where I experienced it, because, of course, you know, I wasn't alive for the uh, initial run. Sadly, I was. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you watch that as a kid with a I, bowl of cereal on a I Saturday did, morning? I, oh, Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, that was must-see TV. I, that was the one day a week I'd get up early and I'd ru- yeah, go out to the living room. When you're t- actually excited. To wake up. Yeah, you turn on the TV at 7 a.m. and watch, or 6.55, and you watch the end of the farm report, and then you'd launch into the cartoons that would usually run until about noon, and uh, yeah, I mean, you sit there, and yeah, Saturday mornings were for the kids, they'd, and they'd inundate you with cereal commercials and whatever the, the latest Whammo project product was. Yeah, a lot of those kids' cartoons were thinly veiled product advertisements, because okay, <laughs> they were selling the toy lines. Now, so this is funny, so Way back when Abdul Akeem Shabazz from here at the station used Woo! to be on WXNT, had a morning show there, and I'd fill in for him fairly often. And one morning, and I don't even know why, I started talking about Saturday morning cartoons. Phones lit up. We would take calls. An entire morning show, board was lit the whole time, and all we did was talk about like Popeye and Peggy and Cowboy Bob and all the old cartoon shows and... Um, Talked about some band cartoons. You know why? Because it makes people happy. It does. Because it connects them with a time of innocence in their childhood when you didn't have to worry about all this bull pucky going on in the news. Right, exactly. You, you get scared watching Scooby-Doo. <laughs> 
mystery thrillers for kids. Um, but now they have flying cars, which is incredible. Um, this is uh, something that has been approved by the FAA, so game on. Uh, Aleph Aeronautics, a California company, introduced their in- highly anticipated flying electric car. Also comes in an o- uh, optional uh, hydrogen uh, model, a uh, hydrogen car, and it can fly up to 110 miles in the air. Now, the craziest thing about this, check check out the picture. I'll see if I can hold it up to the camera I, here, so I, that way the, the I audience... Think I've got uh, it. You've got it better. Um, no no wings on this. That's no. what stuck, stood like, out to me. What? How the hell is this thing flying? It's like a hovercraft. Yeah, it's, <sighs> I mean, it's... We have that technology? Well, drone technology, all you need is four little propellers. But they don't and, have the propellers. Where are the propellers? It's just wheels. It's just like a semi-translucent, looks like a mesh frame. And then, is is it operating like a Dyson? Is it pulling the air through? Now, this thing... I was, have to think that this might just be a concept, but I, you're right. I mean, when, it, I was a, when I was a young tot, But it's I been approved by the FAA. Well, it doesn't have it doesn't have wings. How the hell is it flying? Okay, we need a demonstration right here on the circle. I want that sucker to hover <laughs> up on the here at fourth floor, right outside our windows. I'm not sure it is a prototype because the quote here from Aleph says that the flying car is able. So they're talking in the active tense, you know, the uh, president's that it is able to take off vertically or horizontally, and it can carry up to two people. Expected to be available for uh, commercial purchase in 2025. I'm, I'd try it. That looks cool. Yeah, I'm saving up for it. I'm starting today. I'm saving up for this flying car. 110 miles. Now, that's kind of a limited range, but it'll get you out of a bind. Like, say say you are stuck in traffic. Exactly. And this thing can take off vertically. Problem solved. You know, just just take off and... uh, yeah, that would be perfect for getting on clear work. roadways. Yeah, yeah, that'd be all good the too. Construction, you could just go right over it. We could land on the helipad like an executive. Uh, you better do that quick because isn't that going away? <laughs> the, hel- the downtown heliport isn't that? I haven't heard about this. Is I it thought- going away? Sure. You can't take away our heliport. Where are the medical people going to land? What about the news crew? Well, you still they got have their own helipads. One. Well, let's see. Channel thirteen has their own helipad, and Methodist IU Health has theirs on the hospital. I don't think there's much of a need for the one over on East Washington. And as part of redeveloping the old jail, oh, I just, think the heliport is in play. Redeveloping the other, uh, they're just going to stick another hotel there. That's what we really need is another hotel. You see. We do. Yeah. The city owned. <laughs> Taxpayer funded. <laughs> You're listening to Kendall and Casey. Ethan and Brad filling in. Thanks for listening. Coming up next, we'll tell you about a debate that has lit social media ablaze where Heinz ketchup has weighed in where you should be storing your condiment. See if you agree coming up next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. Poor Columbus Parks Department. They found food where it shouldn't be. 
over at Mills. What was it? Mills Hill, uh, Mill uh, Mill Race Park last Thursday. I'm sure you've already heard about it. Ca- Casey was talking about this quite I, a bit. I have. My my uncle used to be in charge of the Columbus Parks Department. Well, I'm glad he missed this scandal. Yes. But we'll talk about that in a sec. First, we got to talk about the the scandal, the conversation that lit social social media ablaze. I didn't know this was really even an argument. But uh, where where you been storing your ketchup there, uh, Brad? My my red gold gets stored in a refrigerator. Okay. Producer Kev, do you do you weigh in on this? Where do you store your ketchup? I store it in the uh, pantry. Or in the cabinet. Unfri- uh, okay, unrefrigerated then. Yeah, I'm See, unrefrigerated. I thought everybody put their freaking ketchup in the refrigerator. I put I, my ketchup in the refrigerator. No. My mother put their, her ketchup in the fridge. My grandmother put her ketchup in the fridge. My dad put their his ketchup in the fridge. All my family puts their ketchup in the fridge. I thought that's where the ketchup belongs. And Heinz, Heinz ketchup agrees. They say your ketchup belongs in the fridge. 60% of their poll respondents agreed uh, ketchup belongs in the fridge. But 40% of the people like Kev are just going against the grain and keeping Keep an unrefrigerated ketchup. Do you now, lose a lot of it? Uh, I don't use it. I don't use it too often. But um, does it know, go bad? See, that would be my fear. Like if you're using a lot of it now, according to the USDA, so it's supposed to be shelf stable, so it can be kept in the pantry. But even then, I would think after you break the seal and you open it and you get the air mixing in there, if you're not using it frequently, then isn't it going to go like rancid? It's still is lose fine its flavor. With, it doesn't really go rotten or anything yeah. like that. It's mostly vinegar. So, and vinegar's stable. So, it, it, I think for best. Vinegar and tomatoes. Vinegar and tomatoes. So, but yeah, there's enough vinegar in there that it's, I mean, it's like pickling it effectively. So, I mean, it's for best results, put it in the refrigerator. Well, I guess 40% of the population isn't dying. So, apparently, you know, they're just fine keeping their unrefrigerated ketchup. I don't use a lot of it. It's not, you know, my go to condiment. So, especially that's why I keep it in the fridge because it's going to stay better longer, stay fresher longer. But here, Kev is just blowing my mind. I used to refrigerate it, but I'm not a big fan of cold ketchup. It, and I think that's part of the rub. I, yeah, I yeah. I prefer my warm ketchup because the worst thing in the world is taking your hot fries, dipping them in cold ketchup, and then eating it because it just gives you then cold, soggy fries. Yeah, I like the it. contrast. I like on fries. I like the contrast. No, ordinary for your burger. I don't like the 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 hot or the cold ketchup. But for fries, I like a little cold dollop of ketchup right now, on the end of that fry. Are you the type of person that dips your fries in a Wendy's frosty? Yeah. You are so yeah, that makes I like sense. that too. Heretic. <laughs> Do you not? I, I've never done it. I don't think I could. Well, I would try it. Yeah, try it out. The, it's the salty and the sweet combo. Yeah, it works. The contrast. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Now, we should have had a representative from Red Gold come on to to chime in on this. <laughs> now, I once heard, and I assume that this is still the case, of all things, a lot of times Indiana, Central Indiana, Indianapolis specifically, you know, we rank in the top four or five on a lot of lists. Rarely are we number Obesity one. Obesity being one of those. Yes, lists. exactly. <laughs> the one area where we are number one. Highest consumption per capita of ketchup in the entire world, Central Indiana. You're kidding. No. For real. I didn't know that. Yeah. You you know we're uh, the number two largest duck exporter in the United States? I'll take number two. Yeah. uh, You can thank uh, Mitch Daniels for that. There's like four or five farms up around Elkhart. We ship most of them to uh, Asia Yeah, for pecking duck. Makes sense. Pecking duck? Yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's what she said. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Now, we wanted to get to that story about the Columbus Parks Department, food where it shouldn't belong. This has already been on the Kendall and Casey show. Casey was talking about it quite a bit. What are the going theories? Where did this octopus come from? Somebody dumping it there? Or, or, or is there an aquarium nearby? Because I don't know if you guys have seen some of the footage of these octopuses. They have limited land mobility. So is this the remnants of a great escape? Was he like desperately crawling his way? We need water! Water! (gasps) You know, he crawls into the toilet and (sighs) collapses. Did he come the other direction? Ooh. Come out of the sewer. Kind of like one of those sewer snakes. Yeah. Well, they have have crocodiles in New York, so maybe we have octopuses in the Columbus sewers. Is it octopuses or octopi? Octopi. I've heard octopi, but... I don't know. It could be octopus. I think it's octopi. Yeah. I think that would be the grammatically, co- <laughs> the grammatically your Monday morning pronunciation <laughs> here on Kendall and Casey with Sprad and Ethan. So I'm going on the theory that somebody just dumped it there, but then it begs Was the question. Was it a pet? Where do you acquire an octopus? Octopi? Do you go up to the new Saraga? We have an answer. Yes, Cass, uh, uh, Saraga and Castleton. Or I saw Casey took a trip down to one of my favorite places to go, Jungle Gems. Yeah. Cin- oh, I love Cincinnati. Jungle Gems. Yeah, isn't yes. that great? You can now probably she, get it there for sure. She said it was sold out when she went. Yeah, she sent me a picture of the <laughs> empty uh, tank. There was no octopus in there, so I think people are just buying these up by the in droves and yeah. just uh, dropping them in toilets. She had to make do with a lobster. Yeah, they had live lobster. <laughs> Isn't there an NHL team where, like, it's tradition for at least one of their games to throw octopi onto the ice when they score their first goal? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a Red Wings tradition. Yeah, what? I think it is Detroit. Yeah, yeah, they're a little off up there. That's just mean to octopi. I think they were they're probably smart. already dead. Yeah, they're already dead. Oh, that, yeah, that makes it better. They, you know, they, 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 they died they, of natural causes. They, they died. <laughs> <laughs> they died for your sports fodder. That's bull crap, man. <laughs> Um, Now, here's another uh, interesting uh, update in the world of food, um, potentially hazardous. Uh, This is supposed to be coming down this month from WHO, the World uh, World, World Health Organization, not World Horse Organization. (laughs) (laughs) There might be one of those two. (laughs) <laughs> the the equine who anyway um, the health who the World Health Organization is reclassifying aspartame. That's the stuff you'll find in your sweet and low, your equal. It's a artificially constructed sweetener that's several times sweeter than sugar and maybe carcinogenous, maybe causing cancer. So that that stuff in. Oh, Brad's holding it. Is that in your uh, that's diet, Doctor Pepper? Diet, Doctor Pepper. Let's see if it says what. What is in here? It's got artificial flavors, sodium, let's see, caffeine, aspartame. Yep, there it is. Potentially carcinogenous, now, according I, to the World Health Organization. I will Health tell you, I probably drink five of these a day, so I am I am hoping against hope that scientists are rapidly searching for a cure for whatever it is I'm going to get. See, my, my thing is, don't compromise. Just go ahead and get the sugar. You don't need to go after these zero sugar options. Just take in the calories and limit your calories. You, you, you're not doing yourself any favors by trying to uh, 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 skirt the system, you know, cheat the system with this aspartame. Turns out it's carcinogenous. Well, and it's, people saw that coming for a while. That's, this that's is not the reason I don't news. drink light beer. <laughs> Does <laughs> I light beer cause calories too? on my soft drinks and drink full cal Alpsbrow? Oh, there we go. Well, 
what finer brew to uh, drink than Alps Brow, truly. Really? We'll, we'll put that up there to the camera, too. <laughs> I assume that thing's on. Is is that now? Yeah, it's on. Uh, is that an Alps Brow It's an Alps Brow koozie, koozie that I had made for our wedding. Jacuzzi? Uh, no, just a koozie. Oh, a koozie. I've never it's heard of it called just a koozie. So, but yeah, koozie for Brad and Sheila's big adventure. Yeah, Alps Brow. I tried it. It's actually a really good beer. Have you had the chance? I, I have yet to try it. Well, I should have brought some in. I had no idea that you were still an Alps Brow virgin. In fairness, yeah, this am. isn't Beer Sample Friday. It is know, not. It's a, but it is it's the Monday before Monday. July 4th. Oh, that's true. So, yeah. yeah. Actually, today is so kind of like a Friday. So, yeah, we have an excuse, potentially. You let us down, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Kevin, after the show, we go to 10th Street Pub. Or not 10th Street Pub, uh, TikTok Lounge has it. They're TikTok probably Lounge? the closest. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks for listening to Kendall and Casey. This is Ethan and Brad filling in. Up next, Jason Hammer is joining the show for a replay of a segment we had on Saturday, but a great conversation I'd like to share. would be warm below the storm In our little hideaway beneath the waves Resting our head on the seabed in an octopus's garden.